0: Today's podcast is brought to you by audible.com get a free audiobook download at audiblepodcastcom sorgatron media over 75,000 titles to choose from for your iPod, iPhone or MP3 player) I'm What's up, guys? It's the Awesome Cast, number twenty-two. We're ready to roll. This is one of those technical nights for us.
1: <laughs> Every night's a technical night. Oh, it's a technical
0: night. night. Oh, cameras aren't working. Who knows? good. Well, Sky, you you already dropped off. So hopefully, hopefully that means you'll stick on for the whole show, Rob. So yeah. I, I'm your host, Mike Sorg. Of course, SorgatronMedia.com. Check out everything we're going on. We got going on. And my 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 chair is squeaky. I need to invest in one of those balls like Leo has. Uh, but with me as usual is my co-host Rob De La Creta. How you doing today? Uh,
1: I'm good. I'm gonna I'm gonna start the show with a complete non-apology. This is not an apology. This is me suggesting that I would apologize for something, but I'm not going to. See. Uh, <laughs> are you? That's a, that's a lot of squeaking. Uh,
2: that was Sorry, I apologize okay. for my very talkative chair.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, are you familiar with uh, Jesse Thorne, by any chance?
0: Jesse Thorne?
1: Jesse Thorne. He is uh, the host of um, The Sound of Young America on NPR.
0: Okay, not the professional wrestler. Got
1: it. No, no, not that one. Uh, also, uh, MaximumFun, MaximumFun.org, and uh, Jordan, Jesse, go. N- nothing?
0: No, not, not okay. me.
1: Well, uh, he is he is somewhat of an internet superstar. He's one of those guys. And uh, I have... I recently... Well, there's... Backtrack, backtrack. They, he started a, a video uh, episode thing with uh, Lonely Sandwich um, about how to dress like an adult. It's called Put This On. That's how I... Yep. I, I, yeah. Yep, And that's how I learned about Jesse. And so I, like, poked around. I'm like, who's this Jesse guy? What does he do? Turns out he hosts a show on NPR. All right, I'll check that out. Turns out he has... You know, you can't say certain things on the radio. He has Jordan Jesse Goh, which is, uh, him, uh, this, uh, guy Jordan who works for Fuel TV, and it's basically everything they really want to talk about, but on the internet, so they can say whatever they want. And the thing is, I've been listening to Jordan Jesse Goh almost nonstop for the last week, and in the same way that I seem to absorb every accent I come across, I have accidentally absorbed Jesse's mannerisms, uh... And and I found myself talking almost exactly like Jesse Thorne for the last, like, two days. So, for anybody who is familiar with Jesse Thorne, I do not apologize for sounding exactly like Jesse Thorne. And I intend on talking like this for the entire episode completely unintentionally.
0: Well, there you go. There you go. And also here... (laughs) Yes, <laughs> <It's> Mitch. Biden- <laughs> also, <laughs> joining us once again. How are you doing tonight, Mitch? I'm all
2: right. It's uh, dark at seven o'clock. It's about as good as any one person can do at around that time.
0: Fantastic. All right, and we're going to be talking all the tech news and everything going on that catches our fancy this week on the Awesome Cast uh so let's get right into it what we got over here this is what we talked about not looking at our show notes I'm we at did i uh notes.
1: actually because i had to restart i have to pull them up again
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's fine well i guess the big thing uh we'll get all the speculations out of the way since you know by the time most of you hear this like say tomorrow afternoon i'm sure something will be announced apple has a big event tomorrow it's got a lion on the front we're expecting an operating system for the most part right guys yeah, much. a uh, yeah. an OS help. update. And there's there's a excited. Com- what? And nobody's excited about it. Oh out yeah, and
1: all. nobody's really excited about it. There's there's a couple mumblings. Um, even Leo Laporte, which kind of surprised the heck out of me. Uh, he is suggesting that um, it will be a major OS update, which doesn't make sense because it's an Apple's town hall that holds all of like 200 people, um, and that it will be the introduction to uh the introduction of touch into OS X so that like they're going to announce future hardware that will have a, uh, a touch interface because people are saying that like, use your iPad a whole lot. Um, and then you, you go to your computer, you have this instinct to touch the operating system. And uh, I'm going to blow that one completely out of the water because they would have to completely redevelop OS X in the same sense that nobody enjoyed using windows on a tablet PC. Mm hmm with your face. It's just not, the, the interface isn't built for it. And they, I really doubt they would use a room for 200 people to announce that they were going to completely rewrite the interface for OS X. Um,
2: oh, go ahead. I'm pretty sure that Apple is actually going to blow everyone out of the water by implementing a new system of birth control. Hmm. That's it. <laughs> That's <laughs> oh, <yeah>. it. <laughs> no, no. My my honest speculation is, I mean, um, it, from from even what we've seen out of Apple, it, it, even an incremental kind of um s- uh, slow addition to what we already have is, is enough to to really make a big event out of. I mean, Apple can take something like a minor service pack update and roll that into its own release. That being, you know, Snow Leopard. So even if we do just see a new a new operating system, say Lion or something like that, as, as the 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 picture speculates, I I would be completely satisfied with that.
0: And there's so many spinoffs for service pack updates. We get Lion, we can go Mountain Lion, we can go. Is there a, lion? <laughs> a Mountain Lion? Mountain Lion.
1: Did I mention Mountain Lion? Did I mention
0: Mountain Lion? Okay. <laughs> so, well,
1: there was, there's a lot of lions. At least I thought there were. Oh, well,
0: there you go. There you go. Um...
1: <laughs> And there's also, um, the, uh, the rumors about the, the MacBook Air being, uh, revived, which I'm not too, uh, I wouldn't be too surprised if they were like, you know, hey, here's our little announcement, uh, six months from now, new version of OSX. We're gonna, you know, probably integrate more, more cloud computing type stuff just to keep up with the times and, Mm um, update the, uh, the Air with something that is, uh, Thinner, better battery life. Now that they've they've they really seem to have championed uh, some incredible battery technology with the iPad, uh, it all makes sense to integrate that into the Air. Although, uh, still, if if they stick with the price point of a thousand bucks, people are still going to ask like, why do I need this thing? Especially with the option of having the iPad, because yeah. there's also yeah. the idea that the iPad kills off the Air. I I, I wouldn't mind honestly seeing a new.
2: Um... Like my, the problem with the air is that, is that Steve Jobs really injected his, his own, uh, sense of taste into it. And he, he turned the air into essentially a very, very light, uh, you know, um, solid state storage version of the MacBook. It's exactly the same size, had exactly the same power. I, I would really not be upset if they took the form factor and shrunk it down to what Apple considers to be a, an acceptable sort of netbook um in you know being 10 inches having a full keyboard and uh the range of um touch compatibility that apple has almost become hallmarked for and it feels like now the technology has progressed to a point where it's finally possible for steve jobs to consider what he can you know the usability of a netbook considering all the technologies that they sort of pioneered or at least absorbed in the past like what two three years since the Air was a first birth?
1: Yeah, I, I think they've absorbed enough technology and they've demonstrated enough um, through the the iPad um, that they would be able to produce a but a device that might be what the Air should have been in in the mm-hmm. vein that you know Steve Jobs said we will never produce a netbook in that they will never produce like a two hundred dollars piece of plastic. Yeah, um, but like you said. I would I am not interested really in a in a like I've got an HP Mini three eleven under my desk and it's been closed and turned off for the last like five months because it was a review unit and I opened it. I was like, oh, it's a tiny laptop and then I closed it because I didn't care. Um <laughs> but if I could have something that was light, not a thousand dollars, um with the uh you know, the Steve Jobs stamp of, of build quality approval on it. That would be something I would be interested in pretty much because I think most people will agree that writing emails and things on your iPad, not a good idea. Like, it's just not fun. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, uh, I've tried really hard because, like, you consider how much that thing costs and you're like, I should be able to get work done with this and I can do research with it and, uh, and I review applications on it and that's about as far as I get. But when it comes to actually typing more than like 200 words, mm. it's just not built for it without a wireless. My keyboard.
0: uh, my manager at work actually, uh, he had a trip to Chicago recently, and uh, he was kind of experimenting to do all of his work on the iPad instead of dragging his his well, his laptop is a MacBook Pro, of course, uh, a couple year old one I think, uh, but you know, a nice big, at least a 15 inch. So instead of lugging that thing, he tried using the uh, uh his his wife. He has a Wi-Fi iPad, has the Verizon hotspot, and uh, email-wise worked out pretty good, except he didn't me, forward me an attachment one time he intended to, and uh, and our previews are in WMV, but that's like kind of our own problem. Uh, he said it worked out pretty well. Uh, some people they say they do do all their email when they're traveling on these things.
1: Well, it also depends like how long are the emails that, that he's writing?
0: That's true too. That's true.
1: Cause like well, if I can if I can reply to an email in like. Five to ten sentences. I'll use my iPhone. I don't care. Yeah. But like when I'm writing or composing anything, like actually like putting down thoughts, mm. the iPad is just. But
0: it's... if you're just using it as an email device to, to get it oh, yeah. to pass stuff around like that, I think it works really good. Because really, if you're writing a few paragraphs for for an email, you know, it, 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 the way we do business at least, it's just, hey, so and so wants this. Uh, right. do this and this to it. Get it done and ship and so ship it to so and so. That's it. You know, yeah. we move on. Yeah. If we need more information, we pick up the phone. So yeah. I, I think for, for that type of scenario, and I think a lot of people fit into that.
1: Yeah. And I'm going to say um, for the uh, the event, which is conveniently tomorrow, um, hmm, uh, that my my this will never happen, but it'd be cool if it did prediction will be that they will say, oh, that Apple TV thing, you know how you all said it would be really cool if we had apps on it and then we released it and it didn't have apps, yeah, we were just kidding, and uh, it's going to have apps. That That's my big surprise, one more thing, even though there won't be a one more thing, and, and it's just not going to happen. Yeah. But, but if it does happen, iMac. I said... That's what
2: I'm putting my money on, 40-inch iMac.
0: 40-inch iMac?
2: <laughs> yeah, like it'll come with wall screws. You need, yes. a, you
0: need a team to play Angry Birds at this point, okay? <laughs> Like this, one of these motions, just uh, you know, to send them out there. Um, I, I, I think mine, it would be cool. One more thing would be uh, some kind of uh, crossover device that's like the iPad Air. You know what I mean? Like uh, the seven-inch
1: uh, iPad or something. I, like I that. keep
0: going back to my brother's computer that has he has one of the HP Smart Touches. You know, it's clunky, you know, but it, it, it it's still pretty cool to like, you know, he's got the thing, he turns the monitor, flips it back, it's a tablet. You know, you are yep, yep. you're, you're clunky using Windows. Uh, I think it came with Vista. Now he's on seven. You know, kind of deal with the stylus. But I think that's something that Apple could put their spin on it. That thing that nobody's thought of that makes it work. And I think that's what you're going to get. You know, then you you something like you'll have your iPad, you'll have your 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 keyboard, and and the new the new operating system won't be an iOS kind of operating system. But it will have the underpinnings in it to kind of connect those worlds,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know. Because this is something they've been building for a while, and it's gonna it, it's gonna converge at some point. You know, it's going to. You know, it isn't um uh, Microsoft is already talking about Windows having apps, you know, to to that extent. So you know, why not them?
2: Yeah. I mean, in all seriousness, I think the one the one thing that I I would really look forward to seeing is that I mean, Apple for the past um gosh, almost like five years now has been focusing on its mobile, like all of the products that came about in the last five years, its iPhones, its iPod touches, um, the iPod classic. Mm-hmm. And for, you know, to a certain extent, Mac pros and things like that. Um, and MacBooks. the iMac has really only gotten incremental sort of design and spec changes throughout that period. I, I feel like, you know, considering the name back to, back to the Mac, um, it. I feel like maybe my amazing like last thing, the one, one more thing for this, would be an entirely new form factor for the, the familiar iMac, because they've changed it several times, and I mean it's been at this sort of all-in-one screen with little bezel at the bottom sort of form factor for almost a decade, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So or- it feels like it's about time.
0: Or the Power Mac, for that for that instance. I mean, we still have an old dual G5 in the office that looks exactly the same as our new 8-core. You know, yeah. That that form's been going for at least six years.
1: You know, I'd, I'd be inclined to say that because the, the iMac was originally uh, conceived as like, you know, you don't want a tower necessarily, you don't want a laptop, you want something in the middle because you don't care that much. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know we're gonna give you something that's purple and cyan and funky colors, and then it 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 has eventually evolved into something that has a heck of a lot of power in it, so much so that people who are even doing high end things like rendering video are looking at an iMac and say, you know what, like a like a 27 inch iMac, that is the best thing in the world, completely yep. self contained and perfect. If it hadn't gone in that direction, I would be inclined to say that the iMac would be the perfect device to say, by the way. We've included this like secondary interface for touch, and now like you and your five year old can hang out in front of your iMac and play with applications.
0: Oh, 27 inch touch iMac? Yes.
1: Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I I, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I think there's, there's something there, but I, I don't know where they would go with it. Man. And it would take a heck of a lot more, you know, investment than they would really want to uh, put out at a random like. Hey, this is just an update to the Mac kind of thing. Yeah. 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 So, well, I guess we'll have to wait and see then,
2: huh?
0: <laughs> or we already we'll... know.
2: Um... I think we already do. Birth control. <laughs> yes, I'm That's telling a... you. I'm putting my money on it. I talked to Kevin, Kevin uh, Kevin Rose, and <laughs> he told me in the parking lot of a sizzler that Apple's developing birth control and it actually doesn't prevent pregnancy. It encourages it, but all of your children come out wearing black turtlenecks and jeans.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And and the best part is,
2: after you give birth, he comes out and says, and one more thing, (laughs) (laughs) and another another baby comes out.
0: Awesome, awesome. All right, we got to get off this apple and the speculation, since (laughs) everybody's going to know by the time they listen to this damn thing, so you only get 15 minutes of it. Uh, Also this week, there was a Facebook security hole, Um, now this caught my eye more because, you know, I listened to my usual spot on, on, you know, the tech news show. Uh, but then I went and start to turn on my local news to find the same story. Hmm. Um, Um, so, uh, it's. It, it feels like and my angle on this is it feels like back in the day when we had oh there's a new virus on the loose you have to watch out for in your emails, you know um, so so what do you think of this? is this is this like the new uh, the new I love you virus and stuff of, of, of today's age?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's certainly a, a doorway. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's It's an easy doorway. Uh, realistically considering how relatively solid Facebook has been, like you compare the security on Facebook to the security on something like Twitter, where it seems like a new worm is being passed around every week. Facebook is held incredibly strong for something that would be incredibly easy to exploit, you know, Mm -hmm. and JavaScript here and there, and you should be able to inject anything you want into Facebook, but they managed to keep it at bay, or at least keep it at bay enough that nobody really hears about it.
0: And of course, a lot of this has been coming out lately, you know, around the new movie and everything, both the positive and the bad about Facebook. So, uh, and actually, I, 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 well, when I saw it, I tweeted about it, and uh, Jim Lokey over there, KDK, said, you know, you know, hey, Wall, you know, Wall Street Journal was covering it, so now it's everywhere. You yeah. know, Which it's like, and uh, it's like, well, yeah, they're the reason that uh, the prize and iPhone ru- rumors are even more rampant than they yeah. than they have been typically. So, uh, you know, it's uh, it's the new scare. So, and, and and as far as what the threat was, uh, something something about the way it, it 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 published your ID, somebody can find your user ID and find all your information.
1: Yeah, there you know? there what, has what? been a couple of like weird things that have uh basically um what's the word kind of like spidered public information on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Which a lot of news organizations have uh, called a hack, but it wasn't really a, a hack so much as an automatic copy and paste.
0: Yeah. It's
1: one of those things that, like, well, if you are not my friend and you go to my profile, due to my privacy settings, yes, that is information that you can achieve about me. It's not really a hack, just like data collection. I yeah. haven't really seen much worse than that.
0: Yeah. Well,
2: what seemed to have happened, and this was like, I, I was uh, reading a lot of the controversy about this on Reddit as it was sort of boiling over um it it, facebook makes a point to only publish you know several pieces of information your user id your name and uh some other stuff and it's up to you to sort of take down all the other pieces of information that you share such as your birthday your photos um your location your college etc and it was found that at a high level, a lot of these applications that are really popular, like, for instance, um, I don't remember which was the culprit, but uh, I know that um, operations like big games, big applications like surveys and, and things like that, they were actually, despite Facebook's rules, aggregating information that they had access to that the outside world didn't mm-hmm. and selling that to, uh, to shady underground advertising networks. Mm-hmm. And I'm quick to discern that it wasn't likely agencies that were buying this information. It were people. It was it was small groups and small firms that run digital campaigns, like black hat digital campaigns, like sur- circulating around adwords, um, uh, pop-unders, spyware, things like that, things of that nature, like the, the the shadier underground. Because if an agency gets caught buying this kind of stuff, um, they can they can really get. <laughs> In trouble i mean and when you're when your reputation is tarnished in an agency that's almost like the end of of ends and if you're just some little black hat operation out of some uh basement in new jersey having the entire news media on you saying that you're an evil person because you you bought illegally sourced uh identifying information from facebook nobody's going to care you can slip off into the distance rename yourself and come right back mm-hmm. so i mean it's uh there's a lot of information that's getting passed around, so you really have to make sure that you trust applications, or better, even better yet, stop using most of them on Facebook um, because your information isn't going into the hands of, of, let's say, somebody who wants to target a social media campaign for JetBlue after you. That's not it. I mean, they're going to be targeting, if, you, or if your interest is, in, is men, Looking, if you're a man looking for men and you only let that know on Facebook they have that information and then they're using that to target pornography ads towards you and the places that you hang out and things like that. So, um, Facebook, while like Rob said, extremely amazing for what it is, uh, in terms of stability, it's very weak in that you're still dealing with humans all the time Mm -hmm. and it's usually the humans
1: are the ones that screw you over the worst. Yeah, and speaking to that, there was the, uh, the issues with the groups that, like we had mentioned, uh, last week, and that people that were friends of your friends could invite you into a group without, and it was opt, um, yes, out, not that opt was in. Funny. Yeah, so I think, uh, it was actually Mike, Mike Arrington had a, a friend of his set up a thing as a joke, but he basically got Mike Arrington into the Namble group. <laughs> um, just like invited him on, and Mark in and Zuckerberg then, too, and
2: Mark Zuckerberg,
1: yeah. yeah, yeah, and Mark Zuckerberg. So Mark Zuckerberg himself is in the Nambler group because his own company forgot to put in a little thing. I doubt they forgot. They were probably like, "Oh,
0: let's see what
1: happens." It was um, no,
0: it, it was a fake Nambla group, from what I understand too. Yeah, but
1: still, it was just pointing out the fact that hey, this is wrong.
0: Mm-hmm. Like the
1: whole thing was a stunt to show that this was capable of being done and that it, it shouldn't be that way. Like, you should never be able to... It's like, in, in the same vein that uh, when uh, the Facebook check-in service had launched, and uh, and like Mitch was saying, I think last time he was on, about how he, uh, he had checked his boss into a strip club. <laughs> <laughs> and like, yeah. you shouldn't be able to do that. Just flat out, you should not be able to... You're basically making a decision on someone else's behalf without them knowing about it. That's mm-hmm. just flat out wrong.
0: Definitely, and and and, and uh, tagging people on pictures that are unflattering that show up yep. in their profile was another yep. one. I actually got sent to me uh, uh the Oatmeal, I think the site is. It has a lot of really fun uh, infographic kind of stuff and illustrations. They had the uh, I think it was pretty much the how not to be a douchebag on Facebook. Yeah, uh, and they've a lot of, a lot of that stuff. So, um, well, um, did the the yeah, go ahead.
2: My question is. Is there a real Nambla group, and how do I get there? <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, golly.
0: Uh, no, th- he's going to try to answer it. No, no, we need to move on. Um, <clears throat> Too much talk about NABLA. I want to talk about other I'm dangerous things story. after we talk some- about something positive. Uh, hey, guys, I'm going to switch it up. We're going to talk about Audible this week. Oh! Whoa. I mean, whoa, yeah. Whoa. You didn't see that coming, did you?
1: not you just threw me for a loop i mean we had just decided that we weren't going to stick to like a list of stories and then we didn't stick to the list of stories and you blew my freaking mind blew
0: your freaking minds and guys you can check out uh audible podcast.com slash sorgatron media you can get one free audio book cancel anytime you got 14 days to check out all the features it's on your uh Android, I forgot what they're called for a second. Uh, you know, those, on your those other phones that we don't talk about. It's ever. on your, it's on your auto, auto phone or whatever it is, right? Um, <laughs> uh, I, I started a new job this past week. Uh, Fridays, I'm heading all the way out the other side of town. So uh, I'm going to have a little bit of uh, road time I got to fill in. So uh, I picked up uh, Delivering Happiness, uh, the uh, the Zappos story. Um, huh. Yeah. Yeah, have you read that, Rob? I ha- I have not read that. that That's on like
1: my you... list of. I'm actually gonna I'm gonna make a note.
0: Yes. Uh,
1: on, uh, on my new, uh, I just started using Simple Notes, so this will be my first note in Simple Note. Gosh, <laughs> no. where's my phone? But yeah, this is uh, a book that I'd heard about, and I, uh, I really the, wanted to check out.
0: Happiness: A Path to Profits, Passion, and Purpose by Jason. Is it Jason Shu? Isn't it? Uh, Am I saying that right? Sure. Sorry, Jason. Uh, <laughs> it's got two H's and
1: S and I and E. I I'm don't about
0: know. I'm about two sections into this thing. Uh, so far, it talks about his time. Uh, uh, I mean, this guy's like like grew up an entrepreneur, you know, much like Gary Gary Vaynerchuk. Like you know, was automatically like you know working with his parents' wine business. This guy was like went through. Uh, I want to say he went through Harvard, or Stanford, or something. Was like talking about opening a pizza shop at one point, and all this. So, so it, it, eventually he 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 did a link exchange that got sold to Microsoft. Um, and uh, it's it's really interesting. So far, it's really fun to see what what somebody that doesn't care about uh, being monetarily uh, set, uh, you know, doesn't mind doing with his money. <laughs> <laughs> uh but it's a it's a really interesting story and uh and there's, there's a lot of insight in there on uh you know what exactly makes you happy and 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 having finding purpose in your work. So, um uh, let's say about halfway through it I'm really enjoying it. Uh it's about I like to pick out the long ones for this. 8 hours and 17 minutes. One of the longer ones. I think Only Lynchpin by Seth Godin was longer. And uh here's a little bit
2: I'm not a professional writer. He reads it himself. And in many cases, I purposely chose to do things that would probably make my high school English teachers cringe, such as ending a sentence with a preposition. I did this partly because I wanted the writing to reflect how I would normally talk, and partly just to annoy all. There
0: you go. I mean, a lot of times when the uh, the author reads it, uh, they're not so great. But this this guy, this guy, he has a lot of energy. You can tell. You know, it's his story. It's his own words um so it's pretty cool to go check that out delivering happiness a path of profits passion and purpose over audible or any any audible book you want to get there rework is actually on here uh from the 37 signals guys as a recommendation that's one i've read in the past i think i've mentioned on here so go check that out what's that
1: um i had actually uh zappos had impressed me fairly recently Yes. i uh, I got an email from them which i don't usually get which is nice i don't get constant emails from them even though i'm a uh, a, a vaguely regular customer, I got an email from them that said, hey, our uh, fancy computers are telling us that this is the one year uh, anniversary of you owning your uh, Onitsuka Tigers and we just wanted to let you know that your size and color are in stock if you need to buy another pair. And I was like, wow, mind blown. Computers are cool. Thank you, Zappos, for being uh, informative and useful.
2: There you go. Speaking of Tigers... Tigers. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> nice. I got a pair right here. I can sell you for twenty bucks.
1: You want to get rid of them? No. <laughs> I was gonna say. I thought you liked them. I need a new oh, pair. I, I, I hate to. I hate to dissuade you from your tigers, but mine wore out in in a year. In almost exactly a year, mine have uh, like their the the, the the insole is rubbing through. I've so, lost. So like they know.
0: They know tread.
1: They do I, know. I Zappos about- was like, we were stalking you on the street the other day and we noticed that you're losing tread. Perhaps you'd like another pair.
2: <laughs> That's the- I, I have a love story about shoes real quick. Um, when I was in high school, I went on Zappos and I bought a, a pair of shoes for 30 bucks on clearance. And that was you know, a total gamble. I just needed them. I liked them. I ended up wearing these shoes every day for up to six years. It was six years exactly, and on the six-year anniversary, the shoes finally tore, and the shoes were uh, the brand simple, and I've tried every pair that they have again, and every single one of them have stunk. This one pair of shoes lasted me forever, and they never made it again.
0: Hmm. See, so I really, it. it's more
2: of a tale of heartbreak.
0: See, I, yeah, that,
1: that is pretty sad.
0: I, I'm amazed. I've never really dived into Zappos' website. Really, I only know what I've heard, you know, and and jumped in this book kind of on a recommendation. And uh, I, as a lot of people you know use this site. Yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, yeah. I was yeah. I was pretty reluctant as well. And then eventually I was like, well, I need to buy a pair of kicks. And I kind of knew what I wanted. Mm-hmm. I wanted like a, a classic looking um, sneaker. So I hopped on Zappos to browse the classics. Oh, well, I want good Tigers. Yeah, yeah, I think Tigers. <laughs> order them, got them the next day, didn't pay anything extra for shipping, got them the next day, you know, and they include everything, and that's when I learned that um, it's, like, free shipping both ways, so if you have to return it, you just, like, stick it in the box, put a label on it, send it back. So, like, it basically, because one of the bigger issues with buying something that has a size online is what if it doesn't fit, and Zappos has made the process so incredibly easy, this has turned into a commercial for Zappos. (laughs) Um... They've made the process so incredibly easy that that's no longer really a problem. Because you consider, like, okay, if I need to, if I need to buy shoes, got to get in my car, got to drive somewhere to try on shoes. If they don't have like the, the one I want, I'm basically stuck with what's in the store, yada yada yada. Uh, and then um, if I like take them home, try them out, and don't like them, maybe I can return them, drive all the way back with Zappos. Like they tell you. You know, when you first put on these shoes, we want you to walk around a little bit on the carpet. You know, don't wear them in too hard. If you don't like them, send them back. Not a big deal. There's no charge for it whatsoever. We want to make sure that you get the shoes that you want to wear, and their prices are fantastic, like impossible to beat. And uh, and they're really nice people, and they actually respond to tweets if you want to talk to them.
2: Yeah, I uh, here I know how to turn this one around. Um, <laughs> interestingly enough, i I found out about I found out about Zappos in like. Two thousand three and it went it went in reverse. My mom told me about the site. Whoa. She had experimented with it more than I did and told me about it way before I even knew what it was. And she forwarded that to me. So my question to you guys is have you
0: ever had a
2: situation where your parents found out about a site before you did and then ended up hooking you up on it? Uh, oh no. No. I'm, you know, nope,
0: no. No, nope. not in man situation, no. You guys need better parents <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, I think they might listen. no, uh, no, 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 that's why that's why we don't know, they don't know. Um, yeah, no, yeah, no my, my parents really don't get into the inter- internet all that much other than Facebook. 'm on my, Facebook my okay.
1: parents stopped sending me things like after the twentieth email where I replied, Dear God stop forwarding me these things
0: <laughs> what well, is different that's that's the the oh, uh, hey look at all these pictures of cats you know uh collections or or off color jokes that you really shouldn't uh, hear from your mother in law you know you know that kind of stuff um oh, of course <laughs> my wife is on the couch over here listening um <laughs> So, well, uh, speaking of uh, uh, dangerous things, uh, this is a conversation that came up because we, we were discussing the uh, the uh, Facebook security issue uh, today uh, with Malengo who's been on the show, and uh, and we started talking about Farmville because they were one of the, uh, Zynga. You know, is one of those companies that that I think uh, got entangled in the security beef a little bit, right? Um, and and how farmville's some 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 evil stuff guys you know it, it it the 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 way the way that they're kind of uh, uh, got the the social thing going on and 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 doing so well within the um google put about four million dollars into that company um so I started wondering about the effects of farmville you know of course we heard about like you know world of warcraft addictions and marriages and everything and and I found a couple of stories. Uh, one, Doctor Phil has tackled this problem of Farmville addiction, um, and uh, here's here's where is this one headline: A Bulgarian politician fired over Farmville addiction. Ooh. Nice. <laughs> so, um, so I don't know. Have you guys? One, I've never stepped foot into Farmville. Godfingers, all I've done. Uh, you know, what are you guys' experience with it? Have you, you have any first-hand knowledge of, of of how bad this has gone? I, I found a uh, Farmville's. Uh, Farm Farmville Holics Anonymous uh group on Facebook, ironically. Um what what have you guys experienced with this stuff and, and seeing people on it?
1: The closest I've gotten is um is We Rule um and uh and uh Godfinger and i i really just tried to stay away from it altogether. And also like the whole I think I think we had talked about this. The thing that, that had turned me away from uh from We Rule eventually was that they've made it like really demanding of my time. Yeah. And you start getting like penalized a whole lot more for not checking into the application for a day, which is like number one grounds for rejection of a game in my book. Um mm. I have too much stuff to do, and if you're going to penalize me for being productive, uh that's yeah. like when I when I choose to invest time in a game, you know, like we are busy people. We should be able to Every once in a while, like you pick up a game. Like I am, I'm tired of burning out my brain. I'm going to spend 10 minutes playing, you know, Angry Birds or something. That's totally cool. I should be able to set it down and walk away. When I get punished, like, like I didn't do my homework when I pick up the game, I, I am absolutely not cool with that. And my, uh, my aunt, who apparently she's, she's completely computer literate. She got on Facebook. So she could play Farmville with her friends, I'm pretty much entirely sure. And then my grandmother, who is, um, I think she's in her late 80s, early 90s, something like that. So I get a notification that says, Grandma Doris is on Facebook. You should add her as a friend. And I'm like, oh, cool, Grandma's on Facebook. I don't think she knows how to use a computer, but I'll add her as a friend anyway. I figure it's just my aunt being nice. And so I add her as a friend, then I get a message from my aunt saying that, oh, by the way... Uh, Grandma Dora still doesn't know how to use a computer. I just made this account so I could have two FarmVille accounts. <laughs> yeah. <It's> like, oh. <laughs> well,
2: I, I feel like the only one amongst us that has any experience with FarmVille. I, I did play it for about two weeks or so because some of my uh, online gaming buddies decided, hey, this might be a fun game. To play. Everyone likes it. So we gave it a shot and I mean, the one thing I can say about it is that it's a pretty competent farm simulator. I mean, you you plant your crops, you harvest them, and that's about it. I mean, it's, it's a nice little click and play kind of thing. And for people that don't really like crunch numbers like a lot of nerds do, it's an interesting experience because you sort of have this intuition of what combination of crops work the best for you like we drained this game of his life almost instantly because we sat down with spreadsheets and like <laughs> we had a google spreadsheet and we all calculated what will get you the, the most money the fastest and with the least effort we, we charted a plot like a scatter plot graph and everything and as soon as we figured that out the challenge was gone i mean there's nothing left but for people like my mom she likes it because she knows that wheat is the best, mixed with a little bit of soybeans and some strawberries and stuff like that. And for people that are stuck in in a routine, it's a nice little sort of accent to their day. It's another little routine to have. And people intrinsically enjoy mastering um, useless skills. So people love mastering farm bill. And, I mean, it's it's not... A good game it's a Facebook (laughs) caliber game it's a mini game but they do some really evil stuff to uh, to exploit people who take shortcuts you know nobody uh, has to play farm bill nobody has to give them any money it's (laughs) like there really are black hat tactics going on it's all very much upfront saying this these are the rules to the game the game may be engineered specifically Encourage addiction, but at any point you can walk away and just stop playing it. It's not a full blown addiction in any capacity. And and when when people use that excuse of saying, Ah, it's an addiction, I'm addicted to this. I don't know if I believe them. They're just you steeped know, in habit because I, the game is habitual.
0: I don't in
1: think adversity.
0: I, I think I can. I, I think I can disagree with you there about this not being an addiction. The whole point of an addiction, you know, if you're gambling addiction, is it's it's some kind of uh, you know risk reward that's uh, you know releasing that chemical uh, in your brain. For this, I don't know about risk reward, but it's a uh, you know it, it, it's a sense of accomplishment, you know. And you talk about people that are entrenched in their uh, in their in their routines, and this this kind of fits into them. Maybe it's maybe they're not finding that accomplishment in their in their day day job life whatever and this is their release for them. it's just it's just you know unfortunately it's around a process of the more money I spend the more the more reward I get and that I think that's where it comes problem. because wasn't there a story a few months ago uh, about a kid that drained their parents credit card on this game oh yeah people <laughs> yeah. spent
1: insane amounts of time and money invested in this and there was um, I spotted a statistic today that said that ten percent of all the people uh, in the world, I believe, have played uh, a Zynga game at one time or another, uh, which is a pretty ridiculous number. Uh, and uh, there was also some stories out a couple weeks ago about people who um, playing Farmville was basically the equivalent of their full time job. Like people who would wake up and play Farmville from say like 9 a.m. until midnight. And that was just what they did. And these are, like, middle-aged people who, like, this is just what they do. And they have some means of income that yep. supports this. And there are people who are spending the equivalent of a year's salary into things like Farmville.
0: I can see that, because I remember, I remember seeing people I knew, uh, you know, middle-aged people I knew back in the day that would spend all day on The Sims or, at the time, maybe Baldur's Gate or something, you know? I mean, just you know, grinding away at this stuff. And and I can this, because there's no end to Farmville. Yeah. And I think that's where the problem comes in, is you can keep going, you know. And, yeah, and, and the,
1: the social aspect makes it even worse. Like, if you were only playing with yourself, it would be a lot easier to put down. I forget what it's called, but uh, Zynga, the company, basically plays to, uh, it's a psychological tactic, I forget what it's called. But it's basically that. The idea that you are suddenly you suddenly have an obligation to your group of friends mm-hmm. something that keeps you coming back so it's, it's you know you pressure. give somebody some cauliflower they give you some yeah. cauliflower and you want to give some yep. to somebody else and you want to like keep the cycle going and it's it's kind of like a it's it's like a jerk reaction that you can't really stop it's something that's ingrained in your head yeah it's
2: they employ a lot of actually uh, there was a cracked article. Um, a couple, like maybe last year or so, that highlighted all of the uh, psychological implications that a lot of games use to encourage um, consistent play. And they focus mostly on what MMOs and what online games do to do that. Like uh, one of them is forcing the organization of guilds that if you don't show up, you're going to screw your guild over. Um, they, There was one... Uh, for instance, this is, this is what Farmville is, is, is guilty of, is that um, they, they make it so they have a time limit. So that if you don't go on to Farmville and you don't uh, water your plants or harvest your plants, they'll die. Mm-hmm. And so they almost sort of create a time window where you're required to go in there. And I've seen people skip classes to satisfy that, that, that anxiety. Well, uh, to that yeah, they're going to kill their virtual plants
0: to that point this uh this Bulgarian politician says uh, that there was a proposal to remove him from his respective municipal committee came from to uh, I'm not going to pronounce the name a former member of Karen's party who has argued that Karen quote needs more time for his virtual farm so <laughs> I mean wow your farm bill became more important than your politics this is from the inquisitor dot com by the way um which I think that's a legit newspaper over there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know is. it doesn't sound like one here, but you know, actually, it sounds like a fake tabloid in America. Um, but yeah, it, it's curious. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I'm glad I'm little, glad I got what's that? Little little factoid. Uh, Zynga,
2: mm-hmm. the company that made Farmville, Bill, they're actually a product of Pittsburgh. <laughs> really. Yeah, the CEO and another guy um, are, are uh, Carnegie Mellon University alumni.
0: Oh, wow. Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah, I did know that. Yeah.
0: Huh. Hmm.
2: So, sorry, everyone. <laughs> sorry, it's, guys.
0: It's our fault in our damn city, man. It's only we weren't so successful. Um, <laughs> finally, uh, th- this was a story that caught my attention just a couple of days ago. Um, of course, Cablevision. And Fox is the big cable network up in New York City. Um, they're getting in one of those wars with, with the Fox networks because they want more money uh, to get their programming on cable. Uh, Fox wants the money, not Cablevision. Um, so, so they, they've they've uh, and these things happen. You know, I've seen it with Directv before. I've seen it with certain cable providers before. You know, uh, you know, ESPN. I think did this a couple years ago, didn't they? Were they, they, they try jacking up the prices. Um, it, it, this is pretty typical. You know, they, they play hardball with each other, or try to get the customers to play one way or another, and, you know, nobody really wins in the long run except whoever actually gets the money. Um, well, they, they cut out Fox Broadcasting in the New York City area on Cablevision. Somebody had the bright idea to also turn off access to Fox programs on Hulu.com and Fox.com, to anybody with a cable cable vision IP. Unfortunately, not everybody on cable vision has TV. Uh, mm-hmm. Apparently this, this was figured out pretty quick. Uh, I think they, they turned it back on with a, with a few hours. But this is a this is an example. I well the argument is is this net you know a, a, a example of net neutrality, you know, gone gone wrong. Um, and you know, did they have any any place to do that?
1: Uh I don't know. <laughs> the, the the way they pulled it too was really kind of shady. They were basically just uh, Fox was just kind of throwing their weight around because if you actually uh, you went on Hulu and you tried to download a show that was still listed, mm-hmm. uh, you get a notification saying, "Sorry, we uh, we're looking at your you know your IP address, and our records indicate
0: that you uh, you know you're not That's a subscriber." Here's a screen capture, actually, over on uh, Engadget, I think this is. Uh, We noticed noticed that you are attempting to access Fox content on Hulu. Unfortunately, this content is currently unavailable to CableVision customers. Uh, We look forward to bringing Fox content to CableVision customers again soon. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, It's kind
1: of like, I think the best metaphor is like, say you walk into a store, you see a Hershey bar on the shelf and you go to reach for the bar and then it turns out it's a hologram and it says, sorry, we'd really like to sell Hershey bars in this store, but (laughs) not yet. And then you're like, hey, what the heck, guys? There was a Hershey bar there and now I can't. Why? And now the customers are angry because something that was there is not actually there and they've been duped.
2: I feel like you're making a logical error. By equating box Fox to a Hershey bar, box content to a Hershey bar. Fox contents really more like um more like, like Nilla wafers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's
1: that's that's a lot
2: more. <laughs> like guess. sometimes you really want that damn
1: like Nilla wafer. Yeah. You just don't get it. You just don't get it. No. Or if you do get it, it's 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 they're always stale. Like you've had a yeah, box a like, day and they're
2: stale. Nobody, nobody ever in the history of the planet, has ever had or wanted a Nilla wafer. You always sort of eat them as like a concession or to please your grandmother or like because some jerk gave it to you on Halloween. Who gives Nilla wafers <laughs> on Halloween? That's kind of that's
0: rough. That was a hell of a tangent for that one. Wow. Um, <laughs> you get some pent-up aggression about Nilla. Well, you've had some bad experiences, huh? <laughs> a, a Nilla wafer beat me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah These things are hard too. That would hurt. <laughs> yeah, um, but uh, you know, this is this is one of those things where uh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm still back on the N- Nilla wafers. Um, so, and I guess, uh, and I, I didn't know this until I listened on on another podcast. Uh, apparently, the same thing is happening with Dish Network, but. The guy, the CEO for Dish Network, actually has a show on Dish Network,
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> and
0: so he's kind of leveraging that in his advantage. I haven't been on Dish for a couple of years now, so I was not aware of that. So I don't know. It, it's it's stupid. This is the old hat thing, uh, and it's I don't know. hopefully it all shakes out, or people will get pissed off and start turning off their their uh, cable subscriptions. And
2: uh, I I personally haven't even had cable television in 4 years i i can do without it and it's, mm-hmm. somebody posed a question uh yesterday on on reddit reddit is apparently the only website i read um where they they asked an open question saying like if you were presented with um an incredibly easy way to stream television with with you know reasonable amount of ads limited amount of ads would you stop torrenting downloading, uh, TV shows altogether. And the massive opinion was absolutely. Yeah. I mean, nobody really cares if things are very, uh, tasteful and are able to be shared or relatively easily. And that's the revenue model that I think a lot of people hold in, uh, in large media structures like Fox or ABC or ABC, um, are really struggling with is because like it seems like the sentiment is there. People would love to do this, cancel their subscriptions and, and watch their shows a la carte. But the issue at hand is that, you know, there there keeps being these setbacks where networks will take their their content off of these streaming sites and have hundreds of people, thousands of people met with the ability or the, the notification that they can't stream whatever they want, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's just it may it may be a, a net neutrality issue, but it's really just poor business sense.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's definitely it has a lot to do with just a, a lot of old business structures and the way that money is passed around and who gets paid for having um, for having like what show on what network or how it's being distributed and how they get paid for having their shows and everything. It's just a lot of old paradigms that um, need to be reconstructed for this whole thing to work. That's why you see everybody being extremely cautious, except for studios like HBO, where like everything's kind of like in-house for the most part. They're doing their own thing. They don't necessarily have anybody to answer to, so it's very easy for them to put out something like the uh, the HBO Go application.
0: Uh, actually, a question from the chat room. Uh, Juggalo John's asking, is Hulu feed through cable systems because my ABC show... Has the channel four, you know, local Pittsburgh, uh, WTAE watermark? Uh, yeah, I've noticed that. He you says know, Modern Family as well. I've noticed that. I think what's happening there is, uh, I, I think Hulu's doing a little bit of a location, yeah, uh, configuration there. Yeah. Because um, I don't think they're the are they the only ones? I th- I no, There's no CPS stuff on there. I don't think. Yeah. No.
1: So, but yeah, they do. They do just. Uh, they do a little bit of, uh, of location-based, like, hey, where's your IP from? Oh, you're local to Pittsburgh. Let's give you some local content. Mm-hmm. It, it's something they're trying to do to, to try and get that old paradigm into it because, you know, aside from those of us who are more into, like, what, shows or whatever, some people want to check out the local news or something like that, and if that's available online, more people are likely to kind of steer into that direction, mm-hmm. and, uh, and and that helps uh move this whole progression on a lot faster to getting rid of rid of cable. I actually tried to ditch my cable um a couple weeks ago and they were like, you know what? It's actually cheaper if you keep basic cable and have internet and basic cable than if you just have internet.
0: Yeah. So And that's that's more ways they're trying to hook you in, I think. You know, yeah. I, I you know I'm I'm trying to see if it's it's worth it to keep cable, ditch it, you know, go with somebody else and have my internet here on Verizon. You know, uh, but, you know, more and more there's a catch 22 here and there. You know, there's a really nice plan over on Comcast, well, I have two people this week that told me how, how much of a problem they're having with their customer service this week. Um, I, I try calling and decreasing my, my, my package for Verizon, and they tell you, well, the best deal is actually this, which is $10 cheaper, but it's more channels than you have now. It's like, look, I don't want the channels. I <laughs> want something yeah. cheaper. I so want. My base, I can watch my wrestling on USA. That's all I care about, and my football, and in, in my hockey's there. It's your base package. Give it to me.
1: Yeah. Stop trying it, to make me
0: have this other package that's gonna lock yeah. me into another contract, or or give me Showtime that I'm not gonna watch after Dexter's done anyways in about three months. But you're going, you're you're hoping I forget about it so I pay full price.
1: Yeah. Well, And they're not even, like, in in the hook, they're not even, like, I have basic cable now, so now I have 20 channels. Mm.
0: They're not even giving
1: you the good channels. They're not even saying, like, oh, just to remind you, this is a little bit of what you're missing. No, I have, like, four home shopping networks, the weather channel, uh, a a Spanish channel, maybe, I think, uh, two religious
0: channels. For for the most part, you have the over-air channels. Yeah, but you're paying. Yeah. But you're paying for them, or you're 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 not really paying for them, or I'm essentially
1: getting paid four dollars a month by the cable company <laughs> to receive
0: them. <laughs> That's the point. They're going to have to start paying us to take their shit. Um,
2: should be uh, said real quick that our our own uh, chat room Maven here, Late Dad, he said something particularly funny. that I feel like I should share. He said we found it cheaper to do phone, internet, cable than just internet. So, I make sure the kids watch at least four hours a day to make, sure, to make it worth it. So, he wins a ribbon for the greatest father of all time.
0: Fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic. And as Josh says, Comcast... Yeah, Comcast always moves their stuff around too, to the higher numbers, and it's like, oh, now you need a new package. Thanks a lot. Yeah. All the time. Uh, Alright, that's enough of that. Um, <laughs> we gotta get out of here for the Mayhem show. Uh, Mitch, hey, thanks a lot for joining us. You're one of the few uh, uh, returning guests. Uh, it was good to have right. you back again. Uh, so tell us, what's going on with you? Uh, what's out there for people to check out? Jeez. Um, uh, <laughs> my, my Twitter feed is one of the only things that I
2: ever really update on any consistent basis, and that's at N, uh, as in Maven, and Sprout, as in Sprout Fun. <laughs> uh, all one word there, so if you want to tune into me complaining about life on the Twitters, you're welcome to do that. I, I share wisdom and uh, some of the stuff that I deal with in advertising on a daily basis.
0: Fantastic, uh, Rob. What's uh, going on with you these days? Well, I am. I'm at that
1: point where I'm really starting to to be like miserably hateful towards how busy I am.
0: Jeez. <laughs> um,
1: this week. Well, let's see. Well, this Friday, love, right? Um, at the uh, well, I, I start this Friday. With, uh, with, uh, meeting with the local, uh, bike organization about, uh, doing, working with them and getting some more events going on. Uh, that afternoon, I will be shooting for, uh, the Baristas. Uh, we had Justin Kanaki on a few weeks ago. He talked about a show and whatnot. They will be, uh, doing their first recordings and everything this weekend. So I'll be photographer on scene for that. Uh, and then Friday evening, uh, the Kulu Valley Bike Project. Uh, which is a very cool thing. You can Google that if you want more information. They're having a pretty sweet party at uh, the Shadow Lounge, and I'll be uh, shooting that party. And then the whole weekend, I will be uh, painting and shooting more of the baristas. And and uh, at some point, I'm probably just gonna gonna give out and turn into a pile of dust. So <laughs> if you if you want to witness me turning into a pile of dust, you can find me on the internet at robjdlc.com.
0: Fantastic. Uh, I will also be around this uh, weekend for the uh, barista shoot. Uh, Very excited to be involved in that. Um, Also, uh, since this is kind of the platform, I think this is worth mentioning. Um, I have an interview coming up this week with one MC Frontalot of Nerdcore. uh... the, The fellow from Nerdcore Rising. If you have Netflix, you can go find out what that's about. Um... And uh, DJ Lunchbox actually conducted the interview, because he's interviewed him before for my old WPAJ interview uh, podcast. So uh, that, that'll be on Music Fun Time Show up at least by Friday. So keep an eye out for that. Um, and uh, what's it? what else is going on? Um, other than that, just go to Check out Chachi Says Podcast. He's got the roundup of his uh, Robots and Zombies Apocalypse uh, series. Uh, so ChachiSays.net for that. And uh, other than that, I got plenty of vidcasts. I like inclines and tunnels. And uh, that's all you need to know about that, sorgatron.com. Uh, well, that's it. This is, uh, this is Sorg. Thank you, Mitch. Thank you, Rob, for joining me again. And we'll see you guys. You've been our great audience, great chat room tonight. We'll see you next week.